Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone. This is your Uncharted discussion of Empower to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Hanan Al-Basha, and we're still continuing the interesting and very insightful conversation with my friend, Soha Maklawi. Hi, Soha. Hi, Hanan. How are you? <laughs> Alhamdulillah, all is good. Soha is the founder of Business Sita, and she was one of the awardees of the top 50 women, influential women of Egypt of 2022, which is an amazing feat. And speaking of amazing feats, and I think we we had a bit of a discussion in between recording the episodes, we were talking about the different roles we need to play and the different hats we wear as women and stuff. And uh, you were talking about balance and how to be able, as a woman, how to be able to balance between the different roles and still have time for yourself. The more I, I think, for me, that transformed over about four, maybe five years ago, because I found the more I'm trying to create balance, um, in my different roles and as a mom and as an expat and as a wife and all of this, the more I was actually digging myself deeper and lower in the priority list. And thus I had to have a mindset shift. Um, instead of talking about balance, I started to talk about synergy and saying, you know what, today my priority is business and that's okay. Tomorrow it's all about my son, which is true because tomorrow's his last day of school. So I'm like, now I have to cancel some meetings and say, you know, how do I, how do I make this special for him and that kind of thing. Um, What's your view on balance versus synergy? And, you know, for women, where, where do we start when we have this conversation with ourselves? Not even before we start talking to others, but amongst ourselves. Uh, okay, uh, so, um, um, of course, uh, I'm not sure what your background is, but I'm a medical background, pharmaceutical, which is not, alhamdulillah, a or physician. But I was always, and this runs in the family, we always have this thing about typology. And um, I guess it's, it all started in my master's. Um, the professor that was giving us organizational behavior was all about um, how we need to be better with our employees and this and that and basic human rights. Um, if we want the employee with us to, to just become loyal and be genuine about us, we need to give him the basic rights as of living. And uh, let me just brief you that I come from a, a, an overachieving background, a workaholic father who still till now he's 69 and he works 16 hours per day. And I grew up uh, with uncles, teaching me how to ride a bicycle, um, uh, grandpa and uh, aunts um, playing around, cousins doing this and that, you know, the child social activity. And perhaps dad's most role or the most leisure uh, role that he had was taking us to the beach and grilling. Okay, until now, (laughs) he's the grilling pro at home. We don't grill. You have one in-house then. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
And he was like dragged to that because of his brothers who were like, um, we were all in Kuwait and they were like, come on, let's take the kids on a weekend and go to the beach mm-hmm. and literally dragged to doing that. So uh, by the time I was 12, 13, I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want this lifestyle. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to study and I'm going to uh, study to pass because of him being an overachiever and successor. Yeah. And I'm, I want to live my life. And um, being the second child, having my first sister lead the way of being totally obedient and kind and doing whatever the parents want, you know, it was like, okay, this is not working for me hmm. as a student, et cetera, et cetera. So I started playing or being multitasking when I was like, what, 12? And the more I grew, and, um, and I have to pause here, being in Canada at that time, uh, allowed us or allowed me to be even better at that because I was at school and then I was a volunteer for peer mediation and then there was trips and uh, extracurricular activities and, and this and that. Yeah. yeah and life was about living so it started there and then we came uh, to Kuwait and Egypt and I I was just so uh, happy with that model that I literally snatched it wherever I went and I had this type of panic attack that I'm losing the balance because I don't want to see this model I don't want to be his model etc etc and then through college, I was able to uh, study, have fun, this and that. And uh, my sister was a straight A student uh, with an honorary degree. And it was at college that my dad started telling my sister, do like your younger one and start multitasking because he wanted us. I mean, we started working at the age of 16. And he wanted us through college, even though it was a practical and she was a pharmaceutical student too, to work and study at the same time. Mm. And she just could not do that because she's focused one thing at a time. Yeah. And I could do that. So at, at college, it was the first time that my father started looking at the balance in a positive way. Hmm. And he was like, okay, yeah, she she's studying. She's not a straight A. I mean, I graduated with C. Uh, but he was like, you know what, she's, uh, she's also at work, she's getting experience at work, and she's living her life, so to me, this is what I'm looking for, for my kids, okay. so that's how it started, but again, it was like you were saying at the beginning of the discussion, that it was like, um, um, the more I try to balance, the more it's about wanting to do things, and not putting myself as a, as a priority, yeah. and then the way uh, this professor put it in the masters it was like okay I'm doing this for myself so I need to do it for my employees and actually I started shifting for six month uh, training for one hour per week to just put them in the balanced mindset nice. and then you'd be surprised that the minute or when they started implementing it their faces was better their behavior was better they were but they had less uh, problems at home. So they were more productive at work, even though it was eight hours, not 12 hours. They'd be surprised when I told uh, the inventory manager, you know what, I don't want to see in weekends anymore. If it's not done by the weekday, take time off and come do this. So it's a resonance effect and we're all connected. So seeing them do that made me realize that it's not the balance of time 
because of course they had, I mean, we had employees that worked 12 hours and 14 hours or 12 hours. And by the time they commuted to and from home, they had 16 hours of their day that was out. So to me, it was like, you know what you can do? I mean, balance is about five main things. Hmm. It's about spiritual or your you time. Yes. Okay. It's about health. It's about um, uh, work. It's about socializing and it's about education. And this is the main, I mean, this was back in what, 2014, 2013, and still these are the core. And I recall her telling us, if we drop one ball, what ball would it be? What ball is the rubber ball that will bounce back? And of course, um, we all chose different answers. And my surprise to her was, she said, it's the work ball. Because we can give it 100% and it can still fail. But if you give your social life 100%, whether it's mother, father, cousins, um, your son, anyone who's in the social network, it will never fail. I mean, you look back and you'll have a lot of memories. If you do it with education, it's always the mindset, the minus, uh, I mean, you'll gain a lot of knowledge here and there, do this, do that. If you do it with your health, I mean, if you drop the health, you drop everything. It's the, it's the womb. If you drop yourself, the spiritual part you won't have the anchor or the compass to manage everything else so spirituality and again it does not have to be spiritual i mean on a together or on a pray mat with god it can be just meditation it can be just you time it can be enjoying a cup of coffee in the morning so this was uh, the spirituality was the compass mm-hmm. the health is what carries you through social life because we're only humans and we thrive on communication and education to not rust and to not feel i mean arrogance is a bless to some but let's talk about it it's not (laughs) so everyone so the only thing that you can drop is the work and i started actually dropping the work ball more often whatever comes if it's this or the work you know what the work has my time from here to there so I'll drop it and then dropping the work because I know that I can drop this made me give more in the six hour Mm. rather than staying the whole eight hours because you know what I know that whatever comes I'll drop this but I don't want the balance of work to fall so I'm focused on the four hour because I might leave early I'm focused on this because I'm that's true that's true that was the case for me because um so 11, I'm over 11 years ago. So we're talking 11 and a half years ago. I walked out of corporate uh, when I had our son and I wasn't planning on doing, you know, anything until I know now what yeah, I was want to take some time to think about that. Four months later, sitting with two of my friends and we started two businesses that became four businesses. And it was uh, an interesting journey for about six years. But because I had uh, a baby at home and then toddler and then, you know, he was like in preschool and that kind of thing. I could not commit to the eight to 10 hours a day in the office. So I was there anywhere between five, possibly seven hours. But those five to seven hours were a lot more productive for me than when I used to stay in the office 10 and 11 hours, you know, because as you said, you are focused. And that brought me the concept of um, mindfulness. And that's why even when I think of the synergy of the different aspects or different responsibilities in my life, I try not to do it or I put in the best effort not to do one with my mind still obsessing about what's next. I look at my calendar for sure. So at least I'm prepared and knowing what I did. But now I'm here. 
I'm talking to you. I'm all in. I'm not thinking about what do I have next? Oh, I have this, or I have these commitments or, you know, what, what are we eating for lunch today or whatever it is. I'm just doing this. And this brings me in the present moment and it makes it a lot more fulfilling and a lot more productive at the same time. And I think that is the part when we are also started talking, when you started talking about mindset, that is another element of mindfulness and mindset come together so well that no one stops to think about it from that perspective. It's just, they're always adding up. You're always adding up the weight and the things on your back that it just literally, it just stops you from moving forward. Yeah. I just want to tell you one thing that perhaps you're better at me in this because regardless of the balance, there can come a time when I'm present in the moment, but I'm thinking about what needs to be done. And, um, I mean, it's, it's a work in progress and I'm starting, or especially 2022 again is about spacing for me. Uh, and I'll take you to the area of space and the mindfulness and mindset and that. But I also need to highlight one thing, and that's very, very, very crucial, Hannah, that us as women, we thrive through multiple areas of life. And this is why I call it balance. And it's not very different from synergy, perhaps the way we have we perceive the word itself. Yeah. But other than, I mean, understanding how different genders work, and understanding the psychology of it makes us know where we thrive. So if I don't thrive in sunlight, then don't put me in direct sunlight, I'll burn. But mm. if I thrive in shadow or if I thrive in regular uh, environment, then please put me there, I'll be more potential. And here comes the part of the mindset. Most women and being raised in a masculine era, most women are fighting, especially the professional women or the corporate side of the woman. Uh, most women are thriving because of the inequality and this and that. And unconsciously, we're being driven to work in an environment that was not created for us. Hmm. Women do not thrive doing one thing at a time. We burn out easily. Unlike men, men thrive because they're more focused. They're like a, a, a hunter who hunts for a target. So they're focused on one thing at a time and they do it very well. And if you interrupt them, you distract them. Unlike women, and I'm sure this happened with your child multiple times, you'd be working and cooking and you have an eye on him, wherever he's doing, or you can notice his quietness and you're like, what are you doing? Why are you quiet? And <laughs> this does not distract you. On the contrary, it makes us more, I don't know, productive. It makes us more vigilant and, and engaged. And yep. yep. Yeah. In our element, it's like, you know what? I can see this in front of me and work on it. And I can think that I have a plan to do one, two, three, four, five, six, and I can have something cooking. And at the same time, I can oversee my child doing what he's doing. I mean, I've seen a lot of accidents with kids because the father is watching a match a football <laughs> match <laughs> and literally the girl just stomps in the wall and it's like the woman is cooking and cleaning i'm following up with this and she can still take care of her child <laughs> so this is the power so understanding this as a mindset for a woman whenever women come to me through business and they're like you know what i'm burned out and this and that i just take a step back 
find the balance in your life. You're not working on this. No wonder you're burnt out. You're discharged. You don't have the energy to do this. Um, sometimes they'd be surprised of me telling them, you know what, socialize at least once a week. You know what, I need you to do this to do that. So this is the first change that comes from understanding the psychology of who we are and what works best for us. Yep. The second part is mindfulness and mindset. Yeah. And uh, here uh, I've been on a journey of mindfulness uh, and it actually started or it sparked in the retreat. One of the beautiful women that I met in the retreat, uh, Arab woman leaders told me that tafakkur, being mindful is ibadah, is already a type of thing or ritual that when we do, we take and coming from the overachieving background, uh, time was money, time was achievement, time was success. So not doing anything, you're wasting your time. So blah, blah, blah. And this was frowned upon, especially that my grandfather used to do that. And my father used to frown upon that. Mm. However, what I'm learning, I read a sequence of books um, that been helping me to be mindful rather than just being there with the mindset. Um, I've come to acknowledge that we need space. There's something called spacing, mental spacing. I mean, if the cup is full, you can't fill it anymore. Yeah. And we tend to do that with our life or when you master time management with time, you tend to have time on your hand and you're like, you know what? I have time on your hand, but there is a huge difference between having time on your hand and being mindfulness. And we usually ignore the mental spacing part hmm. because we have too many thoughts, too many inputs. You're just saying too many things are on our head, too many things are working on it. So there's no time for us to just pause, reflect, grow, understand, get creative. Hmm. I mean, uh, and this is based on um, my father's experience. His, one of his very close friends, was on their deathbed at the age of 70 and he was like uh you know what uh i looking back at life i i i did it wrong and when he said he did it wrong i mean this guy started from scratch and he built a huge empire he got married he had kids his kids were successful etc 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 so by society he did not do anything wrong and his best friend was like younger than him by seven years, I think 10 years. And he was like, no, how could he do it wrong? I mean, and he's following exactly his friend's footsteps. And the guy on the deathbed told him, I never paused to reflect. Yeah. And looking back at what I've done, I could have done it better. I mean, I needed more time with the kids rather than making them more successful. I needed this rather than doing that. And this hit me on so many levels, Hanan, that I felt, when was the last time I reflected? And no, 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 I don't want to be on the deathbed to have such a revelation, you know? Yeah. So I've been pausing now. I, I've heard this like two years ago and I've been pausing every year for a full reflection and every month for a reflection. But you know, a year I take about one week just to reflect on the whole year. So this is the reflection part. And this adds on to the mindfulness. However, what I'm learning now is give yourself empty the rooms in your mind for space to grow. Mm. 
that's, because that's yeah. if the astic is always stretched out it will come a time when it will just cut off yeah but yeah. if we give it on and off the flexibility it becomes more flexible with time first of all it can stretch to this and then it goes further so this is the power of mental uh, spacing or what i call mindset spacing that's that's nice because you know what there's also something else that's very important to also note here reflection does not mean judgment no no, yes i know i know that's what you mean but i want people to to kind of look at it from that perspective as well there are a lot of times where we think that we're reflecting and we stop and we start um kind of really being very cruel to ourselves by saying oh my god that was so stupid i shouldn't be doing this i shouldn't be doing that you know and and the self-criticism steps into that reflective period that you should be having. Um, I know I was a very negative self-talker. I never thought of myself that until I had to pause and, and listen to myself through a coach. Actually, it started through the coaching. And now, you know, years later, it's through coaching and therapy and everything where now I've got enough self-awareness to stop myself when a negative thought comes in. I was like, oh, time out. Hang on. Why, why is this coming up now? You know, but that's the point. We are conditioned as well with that because a lot of times growing up, it's like, oh, why are you doing this? That's so stupid. Or why are you doing that? You're noisy. You're annoying. You're, and it's not that you're doing something that is could be annoying. You take it. And we know how you know the subconscious gets shaped from between the ages of zero and seven. And of course, I call it beyond that, you get imprinted on in every exactly. way between um, the interactions, the way you act and react and interact with others, um, that you take on that self-talk and you become your worst critic. So I want people as well to to take time out to do the reflection. I call it my in-depth analysis, uh, constructive criticism of saying, you know what, this happened. How can I do it better? This happened or I did this. Exactly. I just want to pause you here because uh, reflection, what I mean by reflection is is a fully non-judgmental space. Sure. We don't even have a positive reflection. I mean, if you again, you're saying that a child's subconscious is built from zero to seven. Uh, we all have this imprint on us, built on society. But if you if you tie a child down at the age of three and you're like, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, he, he'll never have his potential. But if you tell the child, you know what, if you see him spilling water and you're like, nice, okay, now we can clean it and I'll show you how to clean it. But why did you spell it? And this allows them to experiment to show their potential and perhaps this was one of the things that my father I was grateful to have a father to allow me to experiment on of course not to an extreme level and let's just do that and I do have the inner critique part and again so this is why I'm looking back at reflection no 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 it's not a positive or negative criticism it's not and people I mean if you don't have the mindfulness before this reflection it becomes what you're saying it becomes a black slot where we go you know what you did one two three four a shouting parent or a criticizing parent and this is how it works the mindfulness comes first and then the reflection comes and when it comes it was like okay this has happened and thank you for it happening and I know you did the best you can with everything that you know 
And I just want to pause to you. What else do you want to learn to change something? Hmm. Or if you know what, you don't want to change anything, this is great. But I'm just cleaning this out to have the space of what more do you want to add for the upcoming year? So yeah. this is what I mean by reflection, that yeah. mental spacing, that idea of, and by the way, spacing is time spacing, financial spacing, mental spacing, yeah. it's all types of spacing. So it just comes to us that we need space to grow. So don't fill your cup all the time to have time to grow. Don't pressure yourself in financial distress or financial limitations just to get a luxury brand or just to look a higher level of society because this is a stress that won't allow you to grow. Don't do that to your mind. Don't keep pushing things in with social norms, um, things to educate in work, etc., etc. Give yourself space, give the soul itself some space because it's only the space that allows us to exist. I mean, uh, again, when, when, when people ask what is darkness, it's the absence of light. That's true. But that. actually, if there, was, if there wasn't darkness, we wouldn't have had the space of light. So it's, it's the space that allows us to see the darkness and light. If there wasn't, we wouldn't see it. So this is what I'm talking about. We, we as a whole community, as a whole universe need to understand that it's enough being on the roller coaster ride and being tagged in to uh, this uh, sucking hole of limitations and doings and achievements and successions and this and that and just give yourself some space. And then it goes all the way back to the retreat of Tafakkur. Yeah. And uh, my friend, when she Reflection, told me- Reflection, meditation, yeah. uh, mind, everything. The way she said it, she was like, you know why all prophets uh, were shepherds or in all religions the prophet was a shepherd and I'm like yeah I heard that because they are taught patience and this and that and she was like no because being a shepherd not only this but staying in the desert is one of the places uh, or by the sea is one of the highest places where you can meditate because there's nothing to do other than to pause and watch the clarity and to me it was like nice okay I've never saw it this way before <laughs> I love so that what I'm love talking that. about yeah but okay I know we can go on for hours but this I love I would love to 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 wrap it up with that and um, with the notion that giving your soul a space to breathe to reflect to grow is exactly a very important element in today's world just because we are not given that opportunity but this is one that we have to create for ourselves men and women um and and even children it's just to kind of unplug and say hang on a second time out let me see where i am today let me do some positive reflection and um, let me see where I want to go tomorrow and how I will get there and who will be with me. And, you know, all the questions that just, um, again, are not meant to be an impediment, but are meant to give us creative ways of looking at how to proceed. Yeah. So, uh, thank you so much once again. And I love <laughs> how this conversation, as I said, I love the Uncharted discussions because I don't know where they're going. This has nothing to do with business. This was just... No. 
reflections has, inward. <laughs> but I just want to pause one thing. He said that in the wrap up, it was not something given to us. I do agree. It's not something given to this generation. But I believe the more we work on ourselves, the more we'll be able to give it to the future generations. That's I mean, right. you will look at your child in tantrum or you look at a person in distress and then you will go, you know what, pause. Yeah. Just stay in yeah. there yeah. and do not do something so yes it's not given to us maybe because we didn't have this awareness but now that we have it we are creating it to be wired in the upcoming generations and this is the part where i'm telling you that it's usually minor and baby steps i mean it's you and me talking who knows who are, who will hear this podcast and who will work on it and how it will impact but then again, I'm very happy to be with you on this podcast. And I'm looking forward to doing miracles with you and with thank all you. the other people out there. Thank and thank you so much for everything. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, my friend. Well, um, again, pause. Learn to pause and teach it to your kids, to your spouses, to your brothers and sisters and everyone you know. This is one of the best and most fulfilling favors you'll be doing yourself. And that transition from external um, kind of, uh, let's say validation to internal gratification and fulfillment is one that will nourish your soul and your life, not now, but also for generations to come. Once again, thank you for joining us. I wish you love, abundance and prosperity. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananubasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.